your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, we're talking about impatient crazy makers. You know, have you ever wanted to give up on a a paper you were writing for school or had an interesting project that turned frustrating when unexpected complications happen? You know, if, if, if you ever had to sit through plays or movies that you had no interest in, in after the first scene or waited too long to get on a, get in a line or a computer to load or, you know, Christmas to come, so if you're a little kid, you know, we have all done that and we've all been impatient. We've all made rash decisions which, which impatience uh, got the better of us. And when we've left lines that we're barely moving or only get into a slower line after that, which is usually me, or you've, you know, taken a pizza out of an oven two minutes early because you couldn't wait and then it wasn't that great, you know, or, or you blow up a relationship because we weren't sure where it was going. These are all things impatient people do. You know, the, the problem is we never, ever, ever want to make a decision when we're emotional. Emotional decisions are often full of speculation and regret. And many people will make those impulsive decisions. A good example of people doing that are people that buy stuff on Amazon all the time. And they're just getting tons of stuff, but then they return them. And those are called impulse buys, which means that that person is feeling a sense of depression. And depression always wants the feelings to be met. And so, the unfortunately, impulses are based on emotions. We are always needing to make logical decisions and then find an emotion to fuel that logic, logical decision to the end and to, to finishing it. The other thing is, life is about process. It's not about outcomes. And a lot of people get very impatient with process. For an example, if you're going to raise a child, you're going to have a baby and raise them up to be a, a, an adult, what's going to happen is it's all process, very little outcomes. There are outcomes. There's always outcomes. But they need to be smaller outcomes that we're looking for and not the bigger outcomes. And that's the, the patience that it takes to raise children. And so what's really, really important is that we understand that process is what makes life work. Little benchmarks is great to have, but we also need to be excited about process, and process means we are okay with hard. Hard makes life easier, and this is a good thing, and when we understand that, we do better with our patience. It's a really important thing to learn the value of patience. You know, diff different people, you know, ideally will want to be perfect. And if you're going to want to be perfect, that's not what we're entitled to in this life. We're never, ever, ever going to be perfect. We are flawed people because we have emotions. We're not just machines. We're not just robots. And if in our childhood, our parents forced us into being perfect or we tried to be perfect to get our parents' attention, unfortunately, that rubs off into uh, life itself, and then we find ourselves to be extremely depressed because we have all these unmet expectations that never really uh, meet the perfect. And so, unfortunately, perfectionists often are depressed people. You know, no one gets it right every time. You know, you know here's the thing. We, we need to understand impatience better. It gives us more power and the right uh, uh, to, to have more time in our life and the right to, to, to navigate impatience and, and patience. Impatience is not a lack of patience. The word impatience is impatient, and it means a lack of patience. That means we are emotional decision makers. Patience it seems like a substantial thing, you know, it's a specific mental process because it requires us to be fully present in this moment, in this moment in time, not in the future, not in the past, but right here where we're able to connect 
in person and read intuitively the people we have around us, whether it's verbal or nonverbal. You know, it, it, it's, it's sometimes people think of impatience as nothing but the lack of patience. But this gets things backwards. Impatience, as it turns out, is a very particular mental and physical process that gets triggered under specific circumstances. And that motivates specific kinds of decisions. And so patience is really a shadow term signifying a lack of impatience. You know, a patient person simply wasn't triggered to impatient when others normally would have been. And so they find a way to overcome the impatience that arises. And somewhere along the way, we get those things backwards. Impatience should be seen as a primary. Patience should be thought of as well. Patient. <laughs> you know, the bottom line is, is that when we look at impatience and patience, they can both help us. But oftentimes, if we're not patient, that means that we are not acting in faith that if we keep processing further, we're going to get better and better outcomes. Uh, patience involves the scientific process of failure and then learning, failure, then learning. It doesn't run away from failure. It doesn't feel like there's failure. Failure is a learning process, and that's patience. Impatience is a fear of failure. So a lot of people fearing failure will want what they want, and they want it now. Also, Impatience is triggered when we have a goal and, it, and you know, realize that it's going to cost us more than we thought to reach it. If you, if you sit in your room uh, with a blank mind, you will not be impatient. You're just there. Now, if you decide that you want to go and do something fun, you've adopted a goal and you're not yet impatient, but you might be setting yourself up for it. So suppose you call a friend and see if they're available to do something. They're unavailable. Now you might start, now you might start to grow impatient because you have this goal of going somewhere, but the friend that you depended on is not able to be there for you. And so the longer it takes to find someone to go out with, the more impatient you become. You know, when a child is waiting for Christmas, they might be impatient at first, but when they begin to realize that they can't stop thinking about Christmas, they grow impatient, and then they start opening packages early and all that kind of stuff. And waiting for Christmas is costing them more than they thought it would in terms of their ability to pay attention to other things in the meantime. And so, you know, like, for example, if you if now I did this, if you start writing a book, you, you think it will take about six months. And so you're on a schedule, but you get an idea for even a better book. And you realize that the continuing to write the first book is costing you the opportunity to work on the second book. And then you grow impatient. So you're driving home, let's say, and you think it will take 20 minutes to get there, but two cars ahead of you are going 10 miles an hour below the speed limit, and they're driving side by side in both lanes. And so you realize it's going to take more time than you thought to get home, and you grow impatient. So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to react or are you going to respond? So a person that responds might decide to take an exit and take a different route. A person that is impatient and reacts might start to tailgate and do things dangerous so the people will move over. And that's another way to go about it. Which is better? Well, I would say being safer. You know, but the bottom line is people respond or react oftentimes, which is an emotional reaction when they become impatient. And that's where impatience becomes very, very, very destructive. You know, uh, you know, a minor, uh, 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 we're, you know, we're also uh, likely to feel impatient when we have more options. When we're partly done with one thing and get an idea for a better one, we can grow impatient. And in general, the more options we have, the more prone we'll be to want to jump to another goal and leave the other one behind. Um, and unfortunately, that kind of thing develops a lot of patterns in our life where we give up uh, because we're too excited about the next thing to jump on. And so unfortunately, that pattern can make us not finish what we start. And a lot of people do that because they are impatient and they want to do what they like, what makes them feel good rather than what they think. And the people that complete what they start and do hard and finish hard, those people build up their self-regard, their self-trust, 
their sense of self, their sense of accomplishment, their sense of purpose in life, their passion for life. They're feeding that because they're willing to do hard and sacrifice and get that done and then move on to the next project. The other thing is, if you're a control freak, that can cause you to be a problem maker with impatience because you'll be so impatient with everybody else that you will take control of everything you can take control of and then you'll find yourself burned out. Control freaks hate to delegate and when they do, they micromanage the poor people that they that they entrust. And so what we have to do is really begin to understand that impatience can, if it's not managed right, really make a lot of destruction in a person's life and really cut off a lot of good relationships, good possibilities, and even good jobs in this life. And so we have to be very careful how we balance impatience with patience. You know, any projects that have dips and there'll be moments when we feel on top of things. So as we're moving through a process, not all of it's going to feel good. And so we have to be faith-based that it's going to be good, and we have to be optimistic that it's going to be good. And others, when we're not sure if the project will work at all, we have no other uh, uh, project work to work on. We can fairly be fairly patient with it. But if we've got all these other opportunities in front of us, we have a tendency to want to jump to that because that will give us more satisfaction in our mind than what we're working on now. And, uh, and that also makes the project and the idea that we may have developed that we're working on suddenly become unimportant and a failure. And so what we tend to do is shamefully put it away and not to pull it back up again. And so that can be a problem. Also, we have to understand, you know, impatience can really cost us. On one hand, impatience uh, – if a child has a no bargaining leverage, they're going to have to just stew in their own juices waiting for a time when they can get what they want. An impatient highway lane change can cause a deadly accident. Blurting out your feelings before you've thought things through can bring a premature end to a very good relationship. And switching away from projects every time they get difficult can leave you with nothing accomplished. And unfortunately, impatient people live this way. And also, the truth is, impatience can benefit us. You know, it can serve us well at times. Impatience is our emotional behavioral repertoire for a reason. When, you know, hunter-gatherers spent two days pursuing game, they found nothing. It was good to grow impatient. It was good to consider the possibility that other food acquisition strategy might be better for us. You know, when it comes down to, the, to survival, yes, impatience actually can be a good thing if it's managed, if it's strategic. And sometimes we're working on a project that's going nowhere. And we need to accept that and start walking, uh, uh, working on something else. And sometimes we're behind a slow car and there's smooth sailing in another lane. Sometimes we're in a dead-end relationship and need to get out so both parties can be happier. Those things are real. And yes, impatience at some point when things are dying or dead or you're at apathy, that's when you need to begin to understand that being impatient might be a good thing to end it. But remember, oftentimes when we're impatient, we're ending on an emotional decision rather than a logical decision. And sometimes it really benefits us to wait for that logical choice to come about. You know, knowledge gives you power. And, and, and this, the exciting thing is when we stem, understand how impatients work, we can manage it just like we can our emotions, emotional management. Um, we can put our impatient energy to use when it's time to speed things up or change course. And we can learn to calm our impatient energy when it makes more sense to stay the course. And so, you know, we have to look at a couple of things. What is my goal? When, when did I think, uh, it, what did I think it was going to cost to reach the goal? What are the additional costs that I'm now aware of? Am I blaming others for these extra costs? Is truly is it truly someone else's fault? Is it worth taking on even more costs just to teach a person a lesson out of vengeance? Or do I have too many options? Or should I find a way to limit my exposure to a new options? Are there ways to reduce costs of reaching the goal? Is it time to abandon the goal? 
you know, knowledge is a power and knowing how impatience works gives us power to better strike the balance so we can stay the course when it makes sense and change course when that makes sense. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and come to grips with impatience. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about impatient crazy makers. You know, do you really know when to be patient? when to give in to your impatience. It's, it's, really, it's really good to know those things because the stakes can be really high. You know, if you're too impatient, you can make rash decisions with terrible consequences. If you're too patient, you can waste a whole lot of time of your life pursuing the wrong goals. You know, uh, the Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary defined impatience as not willing to wait for something or someone not patient or wanting or eager to do something without waiting, or showing that you do not want to wait, showing the lack of patience. And that captures some of what the, you know, feeling in line, like you feel when you're in a grocery store when the line's too long. You know, it doesn't help us to understand why we become impatient, what triggers the impatience, or what actions we're likely to take while impatient. So, you know, let's move beyond this and and try to understand it. You know, uh, 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 emotions can be adaptive syndromes, and they can become something that we just automatically do subconsciously. And so it's, you know, if we look at it and we treat uh, uh, impatience as the way we adapt, what is it going to do to us? You know, what conditions are going to arise if we're going to be impatient? What triggers impatience? What actions does it motivate? And, and it's nice also to be, you know, looking for an answer. Like, why do people have emotion in the first place? You know, we, we are emotions, our emotions, truthfully, 
are meant to be motivators behind thought, behind logic. That means we clearly come to a logical decision. I want to become, let's say, a medical doctor. And then what is the emotion that you would want to add behind that? Well, let's say it's I want to help people or I want to be rich or whatever the motivator is going to be. That's going to be the motor. I want validation for my intelligence. You know, it might be that. But if that's it, use it. Use it so that you can get hard things done in your life. That's the purpose of emotion. Emotion is meant to help us survive. It, it means that, for instance, if we're going to store a memory that's emotional, which will stay above the brainstem in the limbic system, that memory is going to automatically trigger us to react in a way that we're going to survive the next time that something bad happens. So, for instance, if you've been chased by a saber-toothed tiger, you're probably going to be uh, a lot more aware of what it sounds like to be around a saber-toothed tiger, what it feels like, what it smells like, what it sounds like. And so the next time we come across any of those sensory perceptions, suddenly we're going to have a fight-or-flight reaction. That's what our brain does to make us safe. But unfortunately, uh, that magnifies itself over a lot of circumstances where we don't have to survive. Thus, we have what's called trauma. And so trauma is the fight-or-flight effect every single time that we touch something that deals with trauma. All right. So, you know, if we look at the, 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 the sense of what allows us to explain our emotions and how we can work them, w emotional intelligence dictates that what we have to do is find emotions that motivate and only focus on those and the other emotions that we have, we just need to emote, which means they go through us. They move. And emotions only last three minutes unless you feed it with, why am I emotional? And every time you do that, it turns into another wave and another wave and a bigger wave and a stronger wave. You keep adding three more minutes every time you ask a why question about an emotion. And that's how we get what are called anxiety and panic attacks. Because people overthink emotions with logic. They are not logical. You emote. Allow yourself to emote and don't make excuses for it. Unfortunately, analytical people have a big problem with that. They have to analyze their emotions. And that is a crazy maker. Unfortunately, that's what people do. They have to justify an emotion rather than feel an emotion. You know... We have this adaptive uh, syndrome that we really have to understand. If we make it subconscious, we're going to be very reactive people, meaning that if we're impulsive and impatient, we're going to be very reactive in our life. We're going to make a lot of decisions and then make a lot of excuses for our decisions rather than try to be responsive and logical and constructive. It's okay to feel something and react, but do you have to live in it and make a decision there? Or can you try to give yourself some time, a, a bit of a time out, and get yourself back to your adult self and respond constructively? You know, would it be better to spank your child or get down at their level and talk to them about what's going on and what they're doing? You know, that's that's the thing. We make a lot of emotional decisions. For, for instance, punishment of a child is illegal if you do it out of anger. But it's legal if you do it to teach. And it depends on how you do it. Is it going to abuse them or is it constructive? And so, you know, people that like to hit their kids, which is not a great thing, but the people that do that, when are they doing it? How are they doing it? That's what the difference between abuse and regular discipline is. All right, so let me not diverge here. You know, if we, if we look at about our actions, impatience, what does it motivate us to do? You know, if we look for the shortcut that would get you to your goal more quickly, like switching lines, you're taking, you're hedging your bets. But that doesn't mean your bet's going to win. And eventually, you know, if you switch to a different plan, like uh, uh, getting your lunch, let's say, if you're at a, at, a, at a very limited time, you're going to get your lunch at a different store. 
you're once again running the odds that maybe this is not going to be as efficient as you thought it was. So impatient people have a lot of expectations about their decisions. And when they have those expectations, they have an emotional connection to that decision that has a failure narrative, meaning that if it's not met and I made a bad choice and I should have stayed in line at the other line because I was impatient, I went to this other place and now I'm stuck here. Well, that what that basically means is that expectation that you were going to get through it shorter is not met and now we feel like a failure. And so there's always a negative to that. You know, it's better to think in terms of prefer, I'd prefer I stayed in the other line, but I didn't, and then be patient, be patient, you know, or be savvy. Go to somewhere else if you see an opportunity or change your mind or change your plan, but do it logically and maybe something good will come out of it. You know, if if we start looking for the shortcuts over and over and over again, we can find ourselves to be more frustrated than we originally were. And so, you know, we have to understand that if we're going to uh, be impatient, what is the goal? How long will it take to reach the goal? We have other things that we could be doing if we weren't pursuing the goal. Is this a priority? You know, we learn that it's going to take longer than expected to reach the goal. And then what are our actions going to be? Are we going to be angry and caught up in our emotions? Or are we going to look for a better strategy and be more responsive? And that's what it kind of takes for us to operate in this life. We have to run a balance between patience and impatience. You know, if, if, uh, you know, before learning uh, the, the, the side of a project, we have to be content to work on the original project at the original pace. And then, then if we can learn from the process, sometimes we can accelerate. If we're trying to learn something new, oftentimes on the backside, of learning, we're much more efficient than we were in the beginning because in the beginning we're doing what's called experiential learning. But as we move through the process, we start to gain, oh, I could do it this way or this way or this way. And then we can use our impatience to find better ways to cut corners and still get exactly down the road in, in a way of what we want to happen. You know, but when impatience costs us opportunities and relationships and things that we could do, you know, if you stacked up all of the emotional impulses that a person has made and uh, purchasing something in this life, we would probably look at hundreds of thousands of dollars and be in shock that we wasted so much money on stuff sitting in our garages, uh, sitting in our computers, sitting in places sitting at goodwill for other people to use simply because we made all these impulsive, crazy decisions. Uh, unfortunately, if a, unfortunately, if a person is more patient, they oftentimes have a better focus on having a plan to uh, finance themselves and to invest and to protect themselves and have a much more stable life. You know, we can pack a, 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 a lot into impatience and look at that as a virtue, but it also is a sacrifice and it's also an adaptive strategy. So we suffer impatience when we have a goal, when we've had, when we've accepted certain costs, uh, when, when we learn that it's, it's going to cost us more and we start looking for ways to have to avoid paying those costs. That's when we know we've made an emotional decision because now we're having to back off, back off, back off. And are we going to get the outcome that we originally wanted? And it's really important to operate both ways. Do we have impatience at times? Maybe we do. And maybe we need to use that as leverage to get something done. But do we stay there? No, it becomes bad. Sometimes we have to be patient after we've been impatient. You know, and it's better if you're going to work on a project to start with patience before you move to impatience. And that is an important thing for all of us to understand that anything worthy in this life usually has begun with patience rather than impatience. And also, impatience can be good, like I said before. It motivates us to learn the full cost of reaching our goal. It motivates us to do experiential learning, which can be more powerful than book learning or university learning. 
It motivates us to find ways to reduce costs of working towards our goal. It also makes us learn from in the future how not to do things. It, it also motivates us to switch to a better goal, and that could be good. It could be also there to understand our options better because we're learning more and more because we threw ourselves as a leap of faith into something, and we're learning from it. That can be a great thing. It can also, uh, if we become impatient too often, our lives are filled with a lot of unnecessary agitation, second-guessing, bad decisions, multiple marriages, multiple children by different people. Um, there's just all kinds of crazy stuff that we do in our life when we are emotional decision makers. And sometimes it costs us to be impatient. And that helps us narrow our question down to why does impatience sometimes cause us to make irrational decisions? Well, in life, we cannot always control outcomes, but we can control our choice to respond or react to what happens in life. And so we are responsible for how we feel. No one else is responsible for how we feel. And that's an important thing to understand. And so impatience can help us move things further. It can be a nice motivator for a while, but then it loses its sense of being a human. It loses its sense of all-encompassing knowledge of, let's say, we decide to get married during the honeymoon phase of a relationship. And then suddenly it starts to lose the honeymoon phase, and now we're starting to see the agitating and horrible qualities of our partner. And suddenly we focus on the horrible qualities because they never used to do that when you were in the honeymoon phase, but we're already married. So all of a sudden we have to become a discovery phase about all your negative things. And suddenly there's resentments and there's horrible stuff. And then suddenly another divorce happens. And then we go do it again. See, some people don't learn from that. And if you learn from impatience, that's important. If you learn from experiential learning, that's important. If you learn from failure, that's important. But if you don't learn anything at all and you go keep leaping from one impulsive decision to another, your life is going to spiral out of control. And yes, that's ingredients for panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. And a lot of people don't understand that they live impulsively, and that's what's causing the idea that they're having these disorders. Because impulsive decisions are often emotional decisions filled with regret, and then you have people that are proud and they're egotistical, they don't like to admit they're wrong, and so what they do is they make excuses for their stupid, emotional, impulsive decisions, excuses and blame and victimology and gaslighting and all this crazy stuff happens when people are impatient. They want to blame, blame, blame everybody else unless they want to learn from it and take accountability. That would be a nice trait, but some people can't rise above their ego and be humble enough to admit that they learned something from a mistake. Some people are consistently more impatient than they should be. They're visibly agitated than others, um, and they're more likely than others to abandon an existing course of action for a new plan because they're impatient. Some people are overly patient, sticking to the existing thing when it's wrong, like a bad marriage. They sit in an apathetic, poor roommate type of situation, doing it for the kids kind of crap, and then doing other stuff on the side like pornography or whatever to fill in the gaps. That's not doing it. That's not doing it. You know, if you're going to be married, do it as a will or won't. I will be married or I won't be married. So are you all in or you're all out? Don't do a try. Try. It has a back door. And if you live with a back door, you're going to take the back door often and you're going to do a lot of impulsive and stupid things. Not, you know, uh, uh, some people uh, uh, will have a mixed experience, too impatient at times and too patient at other times. You know, when a trait varies and the environment varies, one expression of a trait will fit uh, a given situation better than others. And here's what's interesting. If a person watches television or they're on Sirius XM or something like that, what's going to happen is... They see something, they don't, they decide they're bored with it, they move to the next, they move to the next. You know, people will go through thousands of channels in a night 
or hundreds or maybe even just 10 or 20, but they hop and they surf and they surf because they're always impatient looking for the next thing, next thing, next thing to satisfy them. And that's why television and radio and all that stuff can be so addictive because it gives you so many options and you just kind of sit there and absorb whatever you like to absorb. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish on impatience and how to fix it. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about impatient crazy makers. You know, the environment can vary, bringing out different traits of impatience and patience. And, and we have to really kind of understand that, that, uh, you know, if we, we express impatience at times, it may fit a given situation better than others. And then patience may fit in, in front of others. You know, it could be that in some environments, like full of chaos, full of change, where long-term planning doesn't pay off very well, those who are impatient will do better than those who are patient. And in some environments, when it's widespread stability, when it's long-term planning that pays off, then those who are patient will do better than those who are impatient. You know, And it might be that those who, who fall somewhere in between will do reasonably well in both environments if they have both traits and they know how to manage it. But what does that mean about our experience in this modern world? You know, there, there are reasons to think that impatience is more costly today than it used to be. You know, in, in the savannah, when we were out there, you know, hunting, we had to decide whether or not to persist in a hunt. And when it took longer than expected to find game, it was time to consider alternate strategies or starve to death. You know, impatience was often good. And it took more time than two days to reach a goal. Can the tribe survive? Can any of us survive? With that said, there are also reasons to think that impatience is rewarded uh, more today than it was, you know, let's say 50 years ago. You know, companies had five-year plans a long time ago. Now five-year plans are mostly a joke. So CEOs and entrepreneurs today think they must pay more attention to the new and they must be willing to consider changing course as things change be much more you know it's called on time management and and they need to be much more frequent about uh changing than they used to and so sticking to a 5 year plan may leave you back in the stone age as a company 
and as the faster technology changes, the less patience will pay off because on balance, impatience is probably rewarded uh, a lot more simply because of technology because the more you evolve technology, just like look at your, 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 your Apple phone or your Apple computer or whatever kind of technology you have in your home, your computer-operated air conditioning and, and uh, heater, you know, those kind of things we become much more dependent on because we lack patience. You know, when we look on the computer for technology, we want the computer to move faster and faster and faster and faster. Well, that's impatience. And that rewards us for having impatience. And now companies have to reward the idea that we are impatient with more efficient technology, which helps us in some ways. But it also can hurt us in other ways, especially if it comes out too fast. For instance, our media comes out way too fast. They don't investigate. They do hypotheticals. Then they believe their own hypotheticals. And then they feed it to the public. And unfortunately, we as people thought we could trust our media, they would put enough truth in there to validate their own perceptions, but they don't always put the real truth in there. And so unfortunately, they're feeding an impatient audience as far as everyone out there who is looking on short-term media. They're going to make quick judgments, have many opinions, simply because they don't do the research and they believe anything that somebody who they believe believes in what they believe in uh, says. And that's sad. It's sad because it's created a, a more warped human being who thinks they understand truths, operate off of egotistical uh, messages that float to them in the media and, and hypotheticals that make up their mind and get them all out of whack. But unfortunately, that's where impatience has affected us as the public. You know, all this means that on the average, we spend a lot more time reconsidering the value of emotional impulse decisions than we do uh, when we make patient, logical choices. And so, you know, we need to be ready to switch from patience to impatience on a heartbeat because our horse has trouble maintaining a steady gait and there are so many other amazing horses to choose from so we can wear down our horse and wear down ourselves because we are impatient, and that causes what's called burnout. You know, so what can we do about it? So we reduce the cost of impatience. Patience is not always a virtue, but sometimes we should pay close attention to as we grow impatient. And we need to consider when there might be ways to speed things up, and we should consider whether there are better uses of our time, attention, and energy. Knee-jerk patience is for sheep, you know, uh, we don't want to be passive like we are here in COVID, just sitting here letting our government operate our life and tell us how to live and, and uh, you know, our president to warp our brain with his own uh, delusions and Congress to do the same. You know, we need to understand that we're people, we're not sheep, and we should have free will and we should have the ability to think for ourselves and actually have free speech. God forbid, but we don't. And so we become impatient. And impatient be people become emotional. And then what do they do? They become depressed and they have OCD and then they have anxiety and they have panic attacks. So as we lose our freedom, we lose our ability to manage our emotions and we lose our ability to become logical. You know, look at vax, anti-vax. Well, they all fall behind their facts, but most of these people are making what are called emotional decisions. Emotional, make a logical choice, make a logical choice. You know, is, is this situation we're in, uh, World War III, where they're going to come out with variants where somebody is really trying to, to narrow down the human race? That might be. And that might be why they've invented these things and why these variants have been invented. Yes, they could kill us. And they could start killing younger people and they start killing children and then they're not just killing older people. So this, ha you know, this could be World War Three, but we just don't recognize it. And unfortunately, we none of us have any leadership to understand how to fix it. We just sit behind these weak people and do whatever they tell us. You know, it's a really good idea. Let's say if you need to be patient to turn off your phone, turn off your social media Close your email, remove games, 
and start making a rule for ourselves that we won't check any of these things until we've completed a good chunk of our work. That's a strategy. You know, with that said, we, do, we don't want to shut ourselves off completely from new opportunities either. Sometimes they're better uses of our time. Sometimes seeking knowledge can be a very important thing. So how do we strike the balance? It's pretty simple, really. We can alternate between periods of openness to new information and periods of shielding ourselves from new information. For instance, we can make a habit of starting every uh, week workday working on our core creative projects for two hours, completely shielded from the outside world. Then we can allow ourselves to check our email, our phone, our social media, and then we can repeat the pattern until we reach the end of our day. You know, on the larger scale, we can divide larger projects into one-week chunks. We can make up our minds that we will complete one chunk a week no matter what. And while refusing to think about alternative uses of our time between chunks, maybe every Friday or Monday morning, we can allow ourselves to consider whether there are more important, more promising projects to work on. That way we can work with undivided attention and, cr and create substantial value every week. And the risk of missing out on something better does come along uh, it will be kept minimal. So we can reduce costs of impatience by embracing cycles of patience and impatience. You know, we're patient, we shield ourselves from new information and open ourselves up to learning for new opportunities and second guessing only after we've gotten things done. And despite our best efforts to schedule our impatience, we find ourselves triggered out of the blue. And we want to make sure in those cases that we want to make good decisions because we want to be able to trust ourselves to make good choices. You know, what should we do when we find ourselves in traffic surrounded by clueless idiots? Or what should we do when we go to the grocery store when the customer line ahead of us pulls out of a, a fistful of coupons, fumbles with small change, uh, questions every price that the clerk rings up? You know, what should we do while going through an excruciating event when we're obligated to attend, like a man, a wedding. Woo! For me, that's awful. Take a deep breath. Identify which goal is being frustrated. Identify how the perceived cost of reaching that goal have risen. Decide calmly and rationally whether you should try to find a shortcut, switch goals, settle in, and come to peace with the situation. You know, if you've decided to settle in and come to peace, then accept the increased cost change your mindset, maybe even find a way to play a game within the game to keep your mind occupied while you wait. You know, finally, think about this. Quality of life is very important. And quality of our decisions have everything to do with our personal wisdom and our personal integrity. That's a very important asset to us in life. You know, our mind plays a significant role. It helps us to sleep it helps us to work, eat, or even get angry with others or ourselves. And so for us and any other living being, you know, carrying out tasks, the mind has the topmost priority to be the part of the process that does something. We have to understand our mind needs to be landing on logic, landing on logic for us to have personal integrity, for us to be able to make justifiable decisions and understand what our intentions are. Because if you look at the ability to forgive, forgiveness comes from what was the intention? Was the intention to hurt when you made that decision? Or was the intention good? And that is how we get to forgiveness. It's very important. You know, uh, we as human beings want things to happen faster and faster and faster. And so we get impatient when we've realized that things can happen faster than what they're happening right now. So a lot of people start to make decisions that other people are stupid or dumb. And impatient people oftentimes can be rude to other people and treat people as if they're stupid or dumb, whatever word you want to call it. You know, and sometimes we get impatient when another person is doing better than us and we consider that person to be less smart than we are, or less of a person that has qualities that are needed for a job than we have. They got it because their best friend is one of the bosses or whatever. You know, fair is a place where they judge pigs, folks. We are human beings with emotions. 
We make a lot of dumb emotional decisions in this life. We don't always have decision makers making logical decisions. Or maybe they're making decisions considering where they're headed and what they need for the now. Sometimes people do that. So we have to understand that sometimes our conclusions are not going to be what everyone else's conclusions are going to be. You know, uh, impatience causes us to avoid things that we do regularly um, because they're boring and we do them regularly. So we start an exercise program, we start a diet, and we start this regular thing. And then all of a sudden, we don't feel like it and we get impatient and then we start eating a bag of potato chips. Well, that'll happen. That'll happen. And then we got to comfort our emotion and comfort our ability to have done that by eating a a pint of ice cream or a quart or whatever. So we, when we're making these emotional decisions, we have to understand they're running the show. And that, my friends, is depression. So we got to fi- fix that. And we need to control that. Otherwise, it will spiral down and our life will become less and less and less in its quality. You know, it, it, we feel impatience when we don't accept reality because it hurts our feelings or beliefs. And as a shared human experience, it's our obligation to honor other people's perceptions, even if we don't agree with them. Maybe we have something to learn from that. Do we have to be so hardened that we live in in a very siloed life? No. If you want to have a good life, you want to have to understand that we have something to learn from everyone. There is something to learn from every single person. No matter what their perception is, there's something to learn. And that's a good thing. And if the more we're open to that, the more our life becomes what's called resilient. And that, if you look in the Bible, is the one thing that it teaches us about the people who are successful in life. They have a tendency to be resilient. And that, as human beings, is an honorable, quality. All right, that's our show. I got to thank all of you for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, patience is what we have when there are too many witnesses. Also, if God gave you patience instead of strength, you might stay out of prison. Also, patience is not about how long you can wait. It's about how you behave while you wait. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 